Hello, my name is Robert Sram, your host today on Future Now Radio. And our special guest is Rahin Fatima from Pakistan. At Future Now Radio, we invite active visionaries that are in the process of creating a collaborative world media platform to explore concepts and understandings around new systems of sustainability and post-scarcity. Future Now Radio is a free station bypassing the mainstream media by offering programs and inspiring original and regenerating perspectives to address world problems and offer positive grassroots and meta-level solutions. I will share a bit about uh, Rahin. Uh, Rahin Fatima is a multi-award winning Gen Z peace and climate change activist. She's also an uh, SDG, that's a Sustainable Development Goals Ambassador, a stand-up comedian, a theater actor, a teacher, sustainability entrepreneur and podcaster. Rahin's work has been featured in news outlets, including CNN, the Cartoon Network and Voice of America and the CTV News Canada and even the Pakistan national television. She's a public speaker and has spoken at schools across the country and internationally. She gave her debut TEDx talk at Acton Youth TEDx. Raimi has been awarded several times under 25 Extraordinary Women of Pakistan by the Little Art Organization in collaboration with the government of the Netherlands the Youth Leadership Award by Volunteer Force Pakistan and Peace Achievers and Leadership Award by the School of Peace and Leadership Studies in Pakistan. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, Robert. Thank you so much for having me on. That was, a, that was I think, probably the longest introduction everybody's ever given because like, you were really detailed with the awards and everything. So yeah, thank you so much uh, for having me on. It's a pleasure to be part of such a movement. Thank you. It's great to have you. Ryan, I did some checking, of course, on your uh, background and I checked your LinkedIn profile and somebody put a recommendation there and I will read it out loud and then you can hopefully respond to it. Someone says, Rahin is truly an inspiration with a lively and passionate personality. This young woman has taken it up on herself to create a strong personal brand that consists of being a stand-up comedian, a theater actress and interviewer. She is part of the future generation that is willing to speak up and pave their own paths. I truly believe that her authentic voice will inspire so many around her for years to come. Having said that, Ryan, please share us a bit more how you feel about it and your mission. Um, awesome. Um, so I believe that is Komal Shahs. She's a very good friend of mine. And this was after an uh, interview that we did on education. It was my first ever interview that I was doing on education. So I was nervous. I was excited. And there, was, there were so many emotions all at once. Um, so yeah. And See, I, I love the fact that people would look up to me as an inspiration and the best compliment anyone's ever given to me is like, when my daughter grows up, I would want her to be like you. So yeah, it's just, 
all the love that I'm given. I feel like it's because of all the support. And at this point in time, as uh, as a young um, activist and an aspiring entrepreneur, yes, I have decided to take it upon myself because we cannot keep blaming each other. In the, we've been playing the blame game for quite a time. Let's just say that. Um, so I feel like it's it's time for us to do something and to change the world together. Yeah. That's fantastic because I wanted to ask you, where is it coming from? What did actually made you decide to become this change activist and also do so many other things, you know, like interviewing and being an ambassador. And I was wondering, did you find inspiration within your family or with someone else or? Well, yeah, it was, it was in between families. So, um, Basically, in 2018, um, my younger brother got blood cancer. And so he was the way and I was at my grandparents' house. And it was and it was um, a very challenging experience of my life where we didn't know that he was going to live or not. And I, I visited him at the ICU once and I, I broke down in tears. The only time and I remember like when I look back at him, like, why did I cry? But it just. Yeah, quite hysterically, I got, I even got banned. They asked me never to come back there. Um, and I hope I never have to go back. But yeah, after that, I was like, if a three-year-old could be on that bed, so could I, so could be anyone. So I feel like I'd rather not be on that bed feeling, yo, I should have done that. I should have done that. I could have lived my life more. All I did was study, go to school. I'd rather be on that bed thinking, ah, I did all those exciting things. This is, well, uh, this is what I've done. I have impacted people's life in the following ways. People have mentioned that in my, in my recommendations, like Como has. And so when I have that, I feel like it wouldn't be easy being on that bed anyway, but maybe that makes it easier or there is a sense of satisfaction that, yes, I have done something and I have played my role as long as I could. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's very courageous that you were able to turn something, a big event in your personal life to something positive and to empower yourself with it. And I think that's a, a great gift also towards your, your brother and yourself, of course. Rahin, you are doing so many different things. I just mentioned some and I didn't mention everything. So how can you keep the balance in your life? I mean, you're still very young, of course, but with everything you do, how, how do you find balance in your life? Well, it's definitely hard to do that because sometimes I'm like, oh, I've got something. Oh, I need to do that. But then, so how it goes is basically I have work and um, then I have my school. Uh, which is a very, it's very interesting. I'd love to get into that in detail because it's like a Socratic school and it's just, I love, I love my school. And then again, I have sort of said my personal life um, that is again, like having my best friend over or a dinner with my family. And so I like to balance all of that. At night is strictly my school, only some work will I be allowed then because my school is in central time. So when, when converted into Pakistan time, it is not the best time for school, but um, I love it the way that it is. 
and um, it is hard, but sometimes is that, yeah, life is very, a lot of work or sometimes, well, it's just the end of the quarter or the semester, then it's a lot of school. And sometimes I just want to let loose and kind of take a break. Then it's a lot of my best friends, it's a lot of my family, family and all. So um, I have my moments, but I like to take these along and definitely I do. And I have failed along the moment, along the journey. But I feel like that's how I learn. Uh, no, when I have an interview, I should not annoy my best friend. Or when I, you know, um, have a family dinner, then I should not just be like, oh, I have school. I need to go to school. So I should not do that either. So just scheduling is harder, but uh, it's definitely worth it because I would not, I, I wouldn't want to change it or exclude any one of the things to make the scheduling easier. Yeah, that's great. Do you have some time or do you feel to do something physical also like hiking or sporting or is there not enough room in your life at the moment for that? There is definitely a lot of room which is taken up by Netflix, which could be taken up by more <laughs> sporty things. Yeah. Um, I am definitely not a person that is sporty in any way <clears throat> right now, but yeah, but I like to start moving a little <laughs> a little more on this stuff um but yeah no I'm not a very sporty person but I do I see along with these three things I still have time that oh my god I'm binge watching Breaking Bad or yeah I'm binge watching that again so yeah I ha I watch a lot of movies mm -hmm. I watch a lot of shows and um it so it is it is good for me but I've I, I've actually Sometimes also help, found it helpful with my interviews, which is, which sounds a little weird, but once I, I had this gentleman on my show, and so I was really looking forward to it, and um, I was like, oh my God, I finally have the chance to talk to him, and so he comes, and well, again, it was very early morning for him, so he's not really energetic, he just got out of bed for the interview, and um so we're rolling it, we're rolling it. It's, it's about 10 minutes and I already feel like ending it because I'm not feeling, you know, there's a thing that you have in a conversation. I'm not feeling it. And it's just like, oh, why am I doing this? At that time, I was watching Suits. It is a show about lawyers. Um, and um, so I go like, okay, let's leave all the work thing. What are you watching on Netflix? And he was like, oh my God. There's so many, um, what should I name? And I'm like, have you watched Suits? He's like, yes, I have. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm watching it right now. Because like, I've watched all seasons and I'm like, I'm on season three. And he's like, where exactly are you? And I'm like, so, you know, that that law firm, this happened, that happened, whoever got fired. And he's like, oh my God, it's going to get a little boring after this, but it's going to get very interesting. And then we talked about that. We talked about other other shows um and it was it was very interesting that after that he was very he was like oh my gosh so let me tell you something when I traveled there that was so fun and we talked about his Vegas trip he's like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas so after that he opened up so after sometimes just having a rich personal life or a rich me time to me time time uh <laughs> I feel like can help you connect with somebody on a rather personal level, which also shines through your professional work, if that makes sense. 
Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And I think you truly have found the gift within yourself to find this also in conversations. And it also energizes you. I can, I can totally get that. You know, when I was, uh, and maybe you've heard this before, uh, when I was younger, about your age, I was flying kites or something. And what you are doing is pretty remarkable, of course. And I think I also read that, that you believe that nothing else is bridging the gap through interfaith and the intercultural international dialogue. Um, and that's the way to, um, to pave the way to global peace. So is there something that brought you to that aspect or somebody gave you this insight or is it your own insight? I think after um, some interviews that I did, I was, again, I, I've, I've been in many interview situations where I'm like, oh, this person is from that country. We're not exactly friends as countries. And oh, that person is from that religion or that person is from that race or that gender identity. It truly doesn't matter. Because um, I feel like through this, process myself, I've been able to, oh yeah, what is that person to do? It doesn't matter. That person is a human. That person has a right to contribute to society as much as I do. And what if we do it together, it would be way better. Just saying. I feel like I have grown way more um, accepting. And so has my audience. Because at first, when I used to interview people from other faiths and stuff, there would be some comments relating to that or other uh, races. But now it's, it's all very supporting and beautiful comments that I see. Um, so I feel like not only has my, I, I myself changed, but also my audience. And that is the change that I wanna see in the world because I think I think at this point in time, maybe the 21st, I win the 21st century. I mean, I think we should really, really just be over with, oh yeah, that person is, uh, like from that race or that person from that country just see for who the person for who they are and for not what they have or what they look like or where they come from because i feel like that is you you'll just find one thing there that would not be good about the person or in your perspective might not be good so yeah be, be open-minded and you have to learn through experiences and i and i want to provide that and i want to provide that perspective for people yeah, I love that part. Thank you. That's amazing. And uh, I, I, I feel totally aligned with the idea that we are so easily attached to our cultural heritages and our nationalities and our, our beliefs, right? And I think, just like you say, we can learn a lot from each other, just being more flexible and uh, being more open towards each other. And uh, yeah, I truly admire your wisdom. I we talked about it a little bit earlier about your challenges, but what do you feel that has been up till now your biggest challenge? Uh, it could be in the past or something that's very challenging for you now. Do you feel like sharing? Um, I've had small challenges on a way. I wouldn't say that there's that there's a huge one, but there was there was a challenge that I did overcome that was pretty recent last year. So um, January last year, um, January 2021, yeah, January 2021, I left school. So I left the usual school I was going through. I, I didn't like it. I was not made for that school. I am 
yeah, like it was just a way that I think I could not study. And so I I I left that school. And my parents were all right it, all right with it. In fact, my parents encouraged it. For if I am not comfortable in an environment, then I I can I can leave. I can choose to be in another one that I feel more comfortable with. So then I was like, okay, so I decided to solve homeschool. And uh, I enrolled in a physics course. Let's just say it didn't go well, because at first it was. But then I eventually got sick of it. I'm like, no, I cannot, because I need human interaction. And so my actual real human interaction was getting lower by the day, because everybody that I'd ever meet was, well, my parents and family when my parents forced me to go to family events. So I wanted for it to be more than that. And then I eventually did not uh, complete that either. I left schooling completely back um, in May. Yeah, back in May. So um, then June, July again was uh, off time for me. And in September, I uh, found, well, already I've been meeting with some school owners and stuff of whether they'd be able to give me a scholarship because with most nice private schools or schools that are doing um differently or um have been found by disrupt educators they they cost a fortune <laughs> they cost they cost a lot and i was fortunate enough to meet um a person named michael stone he is he's an awesome person and is an educationist works totally on education and um so what he um I interviewed him. I connected with him. I interviewed him. And I asked him of whether he'd want to have me in the school as a, as a scholarship student. Turns out that he uh, does not give out scholarships. The, the Socratic experience as a school does not give out scholarships. But then he decided to make an exception for me. And it is, it is awesome. It is, they're not like forcing work on you. You can do whatever you want. You have the choice to do different things and stuff. So a lot of creative uh, liberty. And that was a challenge for me because when I was off from school and back then I was uh, spending time with my cousins and stuff. So I saw all of them had school and I didn't. And I, I, let, I felt left out and I felt like I need to be doing something. And again, I was given the choice that my dad was like homeschool, do something faster, complete high school in two years and then chill. But I do want to go to college and I do want to study more because I feel like the more I have the knowledge of the things, would it be easier for me? And I do not want to be that that excellent dropout example like many other people. So I would want to be a person that is successful and actually went to college. So, um, yeah, so I am a high school freshman at the Socratic Experience and I'm, I'm truly thankful to, to my parents, especially, um, uh, and also to Michael for um, giving me the opportunity. And I've been doing very well at school. So I have the grades for it. I have the nice teacher notes that are great. Yeah, that's wonderful. I, I acknowledge how important it is that you receive support, you know, from people who not only understand you, but also uh, want to be part of creating a better world. And I was really, I was also wondering why you were sharing, Raheem, that like, 
So you're not really the type that really wants to skip school or to get to this uh, high career or maybe you you want to have... Do, do you have an idea already where you want to be in uh, five or ten years time? Or Maybe that's not a fair I question. Feel, um, yeah. I want to be a sustainable entrepreneur, so I know that like right off my mind. Um, I decided that back in seventh grade that I wanted to be um, an entrepreneur um, majoring in sustainability. And so, um, yeah, I am currently on track for that. And I um, I keep working on little projects. Most of them don't even take off. But the effort that I put into it, um, I feel like is what really matters. So I am working on something currently too. So, uh yeah, I do. I do have an idea of what I want to be. I want to be an, an entrepreneur and a sustainable one, helping the planet and the people. And so that is what I envision myself doing. So, uh, yeah, and it is. And it, I only can be that if I get the support for it, because if I hadn't gotten support from my parents or Michael or um, or my friends, um, or this whole social media and LinkedIn community that we have, I don't feel like I would be able to achieve that because I feel like it is the connections that you need for to be able to get to a certain place. And how I see myself, I feel like it's all about having the important connections and the relationships that you build on the way is I feel like what really helps you reach the destination. Yeah. Totally. That's why doing interviews like this is also important to share, you know, what's going on. A lot of people don't have any clue or ideas that so many uh, people and organizations are working on projects to create a better world. But uh, that's really great that you, uh, because it sort of ties in what you said to the next question I have. I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that our current uh, consuming systems, they're not sustainable, right? They're quite static. Uh, Earth Overshoot Day comes early every year. I think last year it was July 29th. We almost need two planets, right? To uh, handle the resources we use. So how can we organize society better and more sustainably? Um, it's a big question, but I think maybe you have a very open and honest and unique way of looking at things is there something that comes up for you where you can say well this would be very important um i feel like um there's there's three main things first of all for 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 bigger companies to go sustainable it is important because we don't realize that the logos and the names that we recognize have um have a very heavy influence on us. And so if we if we read, oh my God, that company went sustainable and they went green, I feel like it would be way, way better for us as a society to have influences. And when we see these big entrepreneurs and tech giants to be like, yeah, sustainability is the way forward. I feel like we'll also, our youth be like, oh my God, I want to be as, as, um, successful as Bezos and that person says sustainability is the way forward I am going to cut down on that and I'm also going to do that and when I want to build my own thing that's going to be green so I am going to be the way forward get it so I feel like if influential people start doing that is it when we're going to reach our goal and so 
The second thing being um, the education part. Because at this point in time, I have had the pleasure to meet some of the world's awesomest, I'm not even just gonna say greatest, some of the world's awesomest um, investors. And um, when I say, so yeah, I'm working on the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals. They're like, what? What are those? So if people do not know about it, if our children do not know about it, then how can we expect for them to think about it? How can we expect for them to, to prioritize it? Because if our generation, the generation of me as a teenager, or the, the generation that is a little younger than me, um, does not know about it or think that it's important, then, I mean, I, not, not to be dark, we're doomed. <laughs> not, also not to be dark, it's not gonna be a very big, a very great scenario with just a handful of kids that are working for the SDGs. That movement is definitely growing. I'm not gonna say it's not, but we need more children. We need more supporters, uh, more people part of this movement of youth-led uh, climate change um, initiatives and youth-led sustainable initiatives. I'm so sorry, there's people in the room that that's fine <laughs> yeah it should be so um yeah that is definitely one thing and so i've actually i had um recently i went to um a school and there i educated third and fourth graders about uh climate change well actually mo about sdgs but focusing more on climate change and um that was an awesome experience they knew all about tesla they knew mr beast had a climate change movement they knew so many things i was like oh my god like literally i was like oh my god i did not know that i did not know that so um yeah awesome awesome children but we need way more educating and third and very importantly all these things are not possible without collaboration the I um some point in time I would definitely want to do collaborations as as a living because it's the best thing ever. I can be working together, I've been I can be working on my own and so can be one of my friends in Algeria, right? But if we work together, right now we have the internet. We do not need to fly to places. We have the internet bridging the gap for us. We just need to be there, agree to it, and work together. Because if we work together, it is way better for us. So, um, yeah, definitely working together, education, ed educating more, and using your influence for the best. Yeah, that's awesome. So, did I hear you saying, uh, because you're talking about partnerships for the goals, right? That's SDG 17, I think. Yeah, partnership. Yeah. Uh, for the goals, SDG 17. I feel like SDG 17 is the one that holds them all together because without that, none of them will be possible. Yeah, wonderful. We have that in common, I think. So that's great. Yeah, can you can you tell me wh what part is for you the most fun part, what you're doing? What do you enjoy the most? Mm, that's a hard question. I do so many fun things. Yeah. <laughs> kind of offended. <laughs> It's so many fun things. I think probably talking to new people, because 
I enjoy it. Like, see, you, Robert, I've already interviewed and I, I've interviewed you, right? I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I recall some parts of it. So I'm like, I think I have. Yeah. I, I, meet, I meet a lot of Roberts and Marks and Toms. And there's so many like common names. So it's just like the last name is what usually stands out to me. Now, um, I feel like probably talking to new people um, and getting to um, then be connected with more people and just to have this network and talking to more people, hopping out to calls, the whole thing. I mean, some people would say I'm boring because I find this thrilling, but it is. It is how a conversation as um, <laughs> as one of my teachers would uh, describe to be jazzy. So yeah, a conversation that is jazzy, that's chill, that's thrilling, I feel like is, is I don't want to say the best high because that would just sound weird, but it is a cool feeling inside. It's like you cannot stop talking. You have thoughts to share. It's just like a moment that you have in that. Wonderful. Yeah, I consider myself, Ryan, as a very late bloomer. Uh, so I think I started podcasting maybe two years ago and enjoying the process, you know, having great conversations and getting to, uh, to know people. And uh, yeah, it's very fascinating indeed. So I think we are about to get to the end phase of the interview, but we still have enough time left. So are there any topics that you feel like talking about right now? Um, no, not really. I think we covered um, a lot. Um, so yeah, nice questions that you had going on there. Thank you. You're welcome. I think we try to variate a little bit, but not that much because the answers are every time different because we have different people. So we keep the questions uh, mostly yeah, the same. But uh, yeah, it was lovely to uh, hear you answering them and uh, hearing all your thoughts. How can we support you, Rahim, and your projects the best? Can we go to your website or? Um, my LinkedIn is uh, probably the best way that you can support me and contact me if DM me connection requests, whatever you feel comfortable doing and whatever you want to do. LinkedIn is definitely the, the best place. Um, but I am also on Instagram and on Facebook. All there, I am Raheem Fatima, R-A-H-E-E-N, space, F-A-T-I-M-A. So that is. Terrific. Raheem, one last question. If you would want to invite somebody, a new guest, maybe to this show, who would you think of? Michael Strong. <laughs> Okay, great. Thank you so much, Ryan. It was a great pleasure and honor. It was a great pleasure. Yeah. Likewise, likewise. Thank you. And thank you so much for being on the show and listening to this podcast. We talked to Rahin Fatima from Pakistan. She is a peace and climate change activist, an SDGs ambassador, stand up comedian, a theater actor, a teacher a sustainability entrepreneur and podcaster.